Well, good morning, church. It's great to be with you. Um, so glad. If, you, if you're new here for the first time, uh, I'm Tyler. I'm the pastor here at, at uh, Christ the King Blaine. And if you want to connect with us, we have some, uh, some connection cards. They're yellow in the back. You can sign and let us know how we can walk with you. Um, or if you're online, you can uh, message us and we'll get in touch with you. But so good to be here this morning. Um, got a few things, I think we got a few things to, to talk about this morning. Um, but we, we have a, a Super Sunday coming up. Super Sunday is where we have a potluck after church. So that's coming up on not this Sunday, but the last Sunday of the month. And uh, but but this morning I'm really excited um, to share a little bit about what God's been doing in um, or to hear rather hear what God's been doing in um, more in Derek Derek's life. And if you're with us here a few months ago, Derek shared about just this amazing um, story that God had written. Um, how like Derek had left a pretty rough life and God had brought him uh, basically brought him into relationship. Uh, with Jesus, and, and so there's a lot going on that I don't want to steal Derek's thunder, but I do want to give him a chance to share. And he's, so he's going to share what's, what's next in his life and how you can be involved with that. So let's give it up for Derek this morning. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's always great to be here. It's always great to see all you guys. So, so yeah, um, on November 6th, I shared my testimony, just a little history on my life and um, so today I just want to come up and, and give glory to God and and, uh, and give him praise for everything that he's brought me through and everything that he's leading me to. So um, I got out of prison in July, and from there he sent me to um, intensive outpatient treatment in Spokane Valley. And so I graduated that program. Um, I got to come home early from prison on a program called Graduated Reentry for uh, people who were modeling good behavior, um, they give them a chance to come home on an ankle monitor and to uh, get their life started. So um, I graduated that program on the 19th of last month. And so I'm, I'm getting ready to graduate intensive outpatient treatment. Um, and then I'll go into the next stage of my recovery, uh, which is a uh, relapse maintenance. And so I've been when I got out of prison, you know, I knew that I wanted to get into ministry. I didn't have any idea, like, what that was going to look like or how I was going to do it. But, you know, God God has put people in my life. He's, he's put things in my life, you know, and I just try to pay attention to them and follow them and, and humble myself to follow the Lord, you know. And um, so when I started coming to CTK, I, I connected with Tyler and I told him, you know, that I had a heart for, for recovery and helping people that are struggling with substance abuse and mental health. And I've been, I've been sober and clean now for 21 months, by the way. And um, yeah, so, so praise God for that, right? Because that was something that I never thought was ever going to happen. I never thought that I would achieve sobriety. Um, you know, I, I felt like I was literally going to die in my addiction. And, and I had come to terms with that. You know, um, but God opened my eyes and he showed me a, a better way and a new, a new way of life and a new family with all of you guys. And so I'm getting ready to do this chaplaincy program um, through Grace Corps Academy. And uh, I wasn't I wasn't looking to become a chaplain, you know, but 
but I knew that I wanted to help people. I wanted to be a service to the community. I wanted to give back to the world. And I feel like God really put that on my heart. So um, Tyler connected me with, with Lee Connors at Grace Corps. And step by step, you know, it's just, he just keeps leading me. And, and, and I feel like that's where he's telling me to go. So um, last week, I officially started the, the Grace Corps chaplaincy program. Um, so I'm studying to become a chaplain. Also, I'm doing um, certified peer counselor training to become a peer support specialist so that I can support people who are entering into recovery or struggling with, with different things in their lives. Um, but, you know, I'm, I guess I'm coming up here asking for support, you know, for, from the church community. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a, my, my own worst enemy. You know, I, I think that I'm not good enough you know, that, that I'm not going to be able to do this, that, that I'm not worthy. Um, you know, I, I, I get in my head about all the mistakes that I've made in my life and all the people that I've hurt, and I just feel like, like, sometimes I just feel like, you know, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve this better, this better life. And, um, but it is so good, you know, to follow God and to know that I'm not alone and to just pay attention to what he's doing in my life and let him lead me. Um, so, you know, I'm asking for support from, from the church. Um, you know, if you could pray for me so that I stay encouraged, um, that I'm successful in this chaplaincy, uh, that I complete it and, um, and move on to see what, what, what God's going to do next in my life. Um, so yeah, if you could just pray for me, I'd really appreciate it. Um, if you want to talk to me or get to know me better after the service, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll wait around for a little while. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for, for listening to me a little bit. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, let's give it up for Derek. What? We are, we are going to pray for him. Yeah. But before we do that, and Elizabeth, if you want, you can come on up. Anybody who wants to pray for him can come on up. I just wanted to say this. Um, yeah. So this is, this is pretty amazing what God's doing in Derek's life. Uh, it's awesome. It does not happen every day. It is a miracle. And so we as a church, we get to celebrate that, but I also want to challenge you to participate in it as well, um, to pray for him every day. Um, the program costs $3,000. And so we as a church, we want to come around him and help him as, as best we can. Uh, if you feel so led to, to give, um, you, can, you can talk to me. Um, you can fill out a check and put in the memo line to CTK Blaine and put in the memo line, Derek Becker, and uh, Grace Corps, and that'll get to the right place. Um, but yeah, we just want to support him everywhere we, any way we can, because I think God is writing an amazing story here, and and I think you would affirm that as well. So yeah, anybody wants to come up and pray for Derek, come on up. Um, we're gonna we're gonna pray for him right now, commission him. Lord God, we uh, we come before you, and I thank you for for this man right here. I thank you for this redemption story right here. Lord, that you've done so much in his life, God, in a short amount of time. Lord, you truly are a God of new beginnings. Lord, you truly are a God of new life. And Lord, we just want to affirm that uh, in our brother Derek. Lord, we also want to affirm um, his direction and calling to, uh, to ministry of some kind. Um, Lord, I pray that you would bless him in, in Grace Corps. I pray that it would be the right move. I pray for encouragement. I pray for 
uh, for knowledge. I pray for wisdom. Um, and I just pray that you would uh, continue to shape and mold him more into the image of Jesus through this whole experience. So, Lord, we, we just want to see him grow. We want to see him flourish. Um, and we just pray this, God, uh, in Jesus' name. that need recovery mm -hmm. if God allows you to minister in, in prison mm -hmm. we pray for that as well mm -hmm. but we send you in the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. in Jesus name Amen Woo Alright I'm going to need a minute uh, man well we're, we're, we're pumped for you Derek like Man. So, uh, <laughs> by the way, if uh, on the topic of prayer, it, we have three different pray prayer gatherings going on. If you want to uh, be a part of one of those, uh, just as, you know, I was thinking how powerful it is to just pray for our brother, um, to, to come around him. Um, we have uh, a men's prayer group that meets Thursday at the CAP Center. We have a general prayer group that meets 8.30 on Tuesday at the CAP Center. And then we have one that meets here at 6.30 on Wednesday. Um, I think if you're not used to seeing the power of prayer, like, it's, a, it's an awesome place to go and be. And, man, like, there's nothing like experiencing God's presence 
um, it, with the family of God, with the family he's given you. So I just encourage you uh, to make that a priority, make one of those a priority. So um, we're going to transition. We're going to talk about scripture today, talk about God's word. Uh, but before we do that, I do want to pray as we transition. God, I give you all the glory today. Thank you for all that you're doing. I pray that as we turn our attention to your word in Daniel, that you would open our hearts, uh, that you'd open our minds, and allow us to, uh, to see and experience you in a, in a new way. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to be talking about a, a concept in the book of Daniel today that you see all throughout scripture. If this was Sesame Street, the word of the day would be reversals. We're going to talk about how God is a God of reversals. Now, often in my life, I get frustrated with negative reversals. I'll give you an example. Very recent, yesterday. Um, so we, we, uh, we spent yesterday doing house projects, and the main house project we were doing was uh, replacing the locks on an old door. So I was doing stuff I never do, like carpentry and drilling holes. And if you wanted to laugh, that would be, it'd be a great experience. And, and Bonnie was totally involved in that. We were almost done with this project. When I go over to my sink and I turn on the, the, uh, the faucet and nothing happens. I'm like, what's going on here? And I look underneath and a hose blew uh, under my sink while we were messing with the door. I'm like, okay, it looks like I'm going to the hardware store tonight. This is great. So sometimes we experience negative reversals, right? Where, where we're, we think things are going good and then bad things happen. Uh, what you see in scripture is, is the opposite. You see God move in positive ways. Take negative circumstances and turn them into positive things for his kingdom and his glory. So we're going to look at that today in the story of Daniel. So over the last, this is our fourth, uh, fourth week in Daniel, and if you've been with us you probably know a little bit of the story of Daniel, but, but Daniel was taken from his home. His home was destroyed. He was, he was taken to the, basically the, the capital of the empire that had uh, taken over, destroyed his home, and he was an exile in a very abrasive land. Different religion, different beliefs, different practices, and he chose to stay faithful to his God even when the surroundings were very abrasive. And as, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we also live and experience a world that's abrasive to our faith, right? We walk in a world that's abrasive to our faith, whether it's uh, you know, whether it's in the workplace, at home, whether, where, wherever it is, like we, we live in a world that is abrasive, school, um, but it, it doesn't even involve maybe the places we go. Our, our phone, scrolling on our phone can be abrasive to our faith, right? Turning on our TV can be abrasive to our faith. Walking by the, the booze aisle in the grocery store can be abrasive to our faith, right? Or the pot shop or whatever it is. Online pornography is abrasive to our faith, right? We live in a world full of pitfalls for us to, to trip us up and to, to make us unfaithful to our Lord. Yet Daniel stands out as someone who shined in a difficult and toxic environment. Daniel's story is a story of faithfulness. He kept the faith in spite of living in an abrasive world. 
And so the point of this series isn't just so that we learn a lot about the book of Daniel. It's to teach us how to have an unyielding faith in a really abrasive world, in a really difficult world. And last week we looked at how Daniel held on to his faith even in the face of a death sentence, even in the face of a raging king, Nebuchadnezzar, who had put out a death sentence against him and all the other wise men in the, uh, in, in the, in the kingdom. And so that faith and wisdom led Daniel to prayer and community, like we talked about last week, that it led him to cry out to God. Instead of trying to figure out how to maneuver the situation, he just spent time with his friends crying out to God, asking God for help, and God granted him help. Um, the situation was the king wanted not only his, his dream to be interpreted, he wanted to, to know that it was, was real. He wanted, he wanted his wise men to be able to repeat his dream to him. And so it was an impossible situation that Daniel found himself in, but he cried out and God revealed the dream to Daniel. And so we're going to actually pick up from that point this week, the point of revelation, the point where God intervenes, the point of this reversal where all hope seems lost, and then all of a sudden there's hope. And we're going to look at the story from, uh, from that, from Daniel, uh, Daniel 2. You know, it still surprises me sometimes. God's answered a lot of my prayers over the years, but sometimes I still doubt, like, God, are you going to answer me this time? Anybody else feel that? Like, it's, there's a recency bias we have on prayer. It's like, yeah, you answered prayer for this person. You answered prayer way, way back in the day, but I don't know about now, right? And I think Daniel teaches us to have faith in the moment that we're in. Like, I've, I've never gone, if you can't tell, I've never gone unfed without a meal. I've always had a roof over my head. You know, and you think, I don't know if you live this way, but you're like, oh, something could change, and it could go really, really wrong, and then the bottom's going to fall out, and everything's going to be lost. And you look back, and you're like, God, you've always provided. God, you've always been faithful, even when I was in a panic. And so we get to look and dive into that kind of faith this morning, and look at how God is a God of reversals, of reversing our circumstances. We think we're going one way, and God turns it, and it's beautiful when he does it. And often we walk around with low expectations of God, or even no expectations of God, and yet we see God has all the power to change our circumstances and to change our lives. And we see this theme of reversal all throughout the Bible. It's not just here in Daniel. It's at, it's at the cross. Jesus dying for our sins, yet through his death saves the world. I thought of Moses and the Red Sea. Moses and the Red Sea. Moses had led the two million Israelites out to the border of the sea. They had been freed from Egypt, and then, and then chaos ensues because the Egyptian army is, is, is coming after them. They're mad, and Israel has no place to go and no weapons to fight, and they're helpless. And I love what Moses says in the middle of that moment. Uh, this, is, uh, this is Exodus 14. It says, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. 
I love that. Anybody else need to hear that this week? The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And sometimes when you're in a stressful situation, the hardest thing to do is to be still, to be patient, to quiet our spirit, right? But that's what Moses says here. You need to be still when the roof is collapsing, when the bottom feels like it's falling out. Be still before the Lord. God is in control, not just even in those moments, but especially in those moments. God has to bring us to the end of ourselves where we cry out. Of course, this message isn't about Moses. It's about Daniel, so we should probably get in the book of Daniel um, because here we have Daniel who's just experienced a reversal in circumstances, which I had talked about. The, the, the king had this dream, and he called all his magicians and wise men together to explain the dream, not on, and, and not only to explain it, but to tell him what it actually was, and they couldn't do it. And he's furious, and he, and he issues an order to be carried out to kill them all. He's just fed up, and he wants to kill them all. And so Daniel then cries out. He receives the, he receives the word from God, and, and his uh, first response is to praise God, is to, is to praise God. Before he runs to Nebuchadnezzar to fix the situation, He's still in the middle of that death sentence. Before he does that, he takes a minute and he praises God. And I, I think about this idea of reversal. You know, it talks about he has turned our mourning into dancing. He has turned our death sentence into a life sentence, right? Into joy. And so here we have Daniel's heart overflowing with praise. And so we're going to look today at Daniel 2, starting in verse 19. It says, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. So I love this. In our praise, we praise God for who he is. And so Daniel celebrates God for who he is in this situation and that God's faithfulness shines through in this situation, that God is who he said he is, and God proves that to us in moments that require faith. In, and uh, <clears throat> in this moment, we see that God is faithful, that he is in control, that he is in control of it all, and that he's the one who uh, directs and changes situations. He's the one who gives gifts, gives gifts of wisdom and discernment, helps us know where to go and, and how to live. And through, um, the, through the grace of Jesus, uh, we, we get to encounter a perfect God. We are an imperfect people. Our character changes a lot, right? Our character fluctuates day to day. We're not the same person uh, that we were five years ago, ten years ago. God is consistent throughout history. God doesn't have to go to conferences to, to, to get better, to improve. God's perfect. 
There is no self-improvement plan for God. Like, he's, he's got it. And he's been consistent from day one. From creation to now, God has been the same God. And so what I love about Daniel's worship and, and the Psalms and all those things is it's celebrating God who celebrating God for who he actually is and God actually demonstrating who he is in our lives. So uh, what we see here is that God is in control. God has authority. That he is overruling King Nebuchadnezzar by revealing this dream to Daniel. And so one line I, I love in here is he says, he changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. Here you have a king holding Daniel's life in his hands, but Daniel has a God life in his hands. And that's actually what the dream is all about. Uh, but he changes the times and the seasons. And I had to look these words up. What, did, what does it mean that he changes the times and the seasons? It's actually more personal than I, than I thought. The times, health crisis, uh, an emergency. But this word season, the word is zeman, and it means a fixed or sacred time. And I love the idea that God has, f has fixed or sacred times in our lives. I, I love that God has fixed or sacred times in our lives, times that he appointed for us to go through um, to, to draw close to him. Like, think about if, if you were to write a book about your life, how would you break up the chapters of that book? I wouldn't break it up you know, one year, two year, three year, four year, right? Year four, when I was four years old, I probably wouldn't spend a chapter on being four years old, right, if it was my book, but it's different for every person. But maybe we would, we would break it up depending on the different places that, we, that you lived. Maybe you'd break it up, uh, you know, with different by different relationships or different jobs or different experiences. I know if it was me, I would, I would take like four chapters for, uh, for age 18 to 21 because God did so much in my life during that time. Like I, like I rededicated my life to Christ when I was 18. I started college. Uh, I found Christian community. I got called to ministry. I met my wife. I married my wife. Like that's like a whole book in and of itself in those, in those three years. God did so much. God did so much transformation. Even Derek's story, God's doing a whole lot in a short amount of time. It's powerful. God has appointed these, these uh, sacred seasons in our lives, and, and God is in control of that. And uh, so I just want, I say that to say, have faith in the story that God is writing in your life. Have faith that God is, if you give your life to him, he's writing your story. And I know that some, uh, some chapters in our life are pretty dark. They're pretty difficult, Right? But if you give your life to God, he will write the best story. He will bring about redemption. And you need to know this morning, if you're in a tough part of your story, that God has not forgotten you. God has not rejected you. That God has a purpose for you. And God is a God of reversing circumstances when we're faithful to him. So trust in him. The focus of Daniel's praise is gratefulness for what God has done, not what he has done, but seeing God's work in his life. And in this case, God gave him wisdom, power, and revelation. 
It was everything that he needed in his moment of desperation. So when God does something in your life, the best response is always praise. It's always praise. I love, even before this situation is resolved, Daniel praises God. Daniel praises God. He takes that moment of praise. So whatever God gives you, even before it happens, praise him. Praise him. God directs the seasons of our lives. Now in this story, though, the situation is not resolved yet. There is still the, the order out that every wise man should be executed. So after Daniel praises, he runs to the king. Now, the thing is, there's still a lot of tension in this moment because the dream isn't all positive news for Nebuchadnezzar. And if you have seen his temperament so far, giving this king bad news or an unfavorable interpretation and being the only guy in front of him could lead to bad results, like a head coming off type thing. So, uh, but he goes before the king. He goes before the king. We're going to pick up the story in verse 26. It says this, The king asked Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or dare explain to the king the mystery it's about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar will happen in days to come. Your dreams and the visions that pass through your mind as you are lying in bed are these. As your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to the things to come, and the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else alive, but so that your majesty may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. So, uh, so if you remember from last week, uh, when Nebuchadnezzar asked the wise men to explain the, his dream, their response was, well, only the gods can do that. And Daniel's saying, yes, that's true, but there's only one God who can do it. Right? There's only one God who can reveal what you asked. And guess what? He did it. He did it. And I love Daniel's title for God in this passage, the revealer of mysteries. The revealer of mysteries. We all have mysteries that we wrestle with in, in our hearts about God, about ourselves, about our own lives. And Nebuchadnezzar here has a heart to know divine knowledge. And I love that Daniel, uh, Daniel calls God the revealer of mysteries because as we get to know God, he reveals mysteries about himself and about us. The, the, the things that uh, we want to know. Deep down, we all want to know the truth about ourselves and the truth about God. And God isn't a withholder of mysteries. He's a revealer of mysteries. When we get to know him, we know more and more who we are. We know more and more what we're supposed to be about and what life is about. And so Daniel is telling Nebuchadnezzar, what you want is found in my God, in my God. So do you believe that about God? Do you believe that your answers for life, your biggest questions can be found in a relationship with God? That he wants to reveal mysteries to you that maybe have, have lingered in your mind and heart for a long time. So this theme of the God who reveals mysteries is going to pop up again and again in the book of Daniel. And Babylon had, was at a time where, you know, this is the center of the world right now. 
And so they have all the gods, all the, the tribes, all the, all the people, and, and there's one God that stands out. Right? There's one God that stands out, and it's Daniel's God. Only Daniel's God stood out in the center of the world's power, in the center of it all. So we're going to go to verse 33 because we see uh, Daniel reveal uh, what the dream was here. It says in verse, oh, sorry, 31, it says, Your majesty looked you awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its leg of iron, legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. So we're just going to take this word by word. I'm just kidding. We're not going to take it word by word. Uh, you know, maybe if we wanted to go six hours, we could do that. That would be great. Um, but we're not going to do that. But this is this powerful image uh, where God shows that he has authority uh, not only over the moment, but over history. This image represents the different empires that would, uh, that would uh, not just Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian Empire, but the, the Persian Empire to come and the Greek Empire and the Roman Empire. And then there would be a rock that would smash them all. And we wonder what that rock might be. Um, we're going to skip down to verse 36. It says, um, yes, we, yes, uh, or 44. It says, in the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end but it, it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands, a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. So God is saying, my kingdom is more powerful and more permanent than any earthly kingdom, right? When you, when you live in the time you live in, all you can think about is that time, usually what's going on politically, what's going on in the world. God has a much bigger view than what we have. So uh, you can go back and read where Daniel explains this prophecy, but he's saying, hey, your kingdom is only going to last for a little while, and it will be a beautiful kingdom. That's why he said it was a gold kingdom, like there was something special about Babylon. But there's going to be others that come after you. And not only that, there's going to be a kingdom that's coming that's more powerful than any earthly kingdom. In fact, it's going to smash them all. Like all the kingdoms of the earth are going to have to bow before this mountain of a kingdom that's coming. And I love the disparity between the, kingdom of, the kingdoms of the earth being a statue and the kingdom of God being a mountain. Like how's that for a power disparity, right? Do we, do we live like that? Do we live like the kingdom of the earth, the countries of the earth are a statue and we have a mountain of a kingdom that we serve? Because that's the picture that God's, God's giving right here. And of course, when Jesus comes on the scene, he declares the gospel of the kingdom of God. He, he invites us to be a part of this kingdom. It's not a kingdom made by hands, it's a kingdom of the heart. 
way more powerful, way more compelling, way more permanent than any earthly kingdom. In fact, it smashes it all to pieces. And so Nebuchadnezzar gets this glimpse of the control of God, that he actually is not in control of everything. He cannot control the outcome of history. And he comes face to face with the fact that his power is momentary and that there is a God whose power is much greater and much bigger. And here we see, here we see the reversal. Here we see the reversal. God's kingdom is the reversal. God's kingdom is the reversal. It's a kingdom that we're invited to join today. This, this Babylon has all the power of the time, all the, uh, all the wealth of the time. It had, I talked about last week how Nebuchadnezzar had issued the order to destroy the, the temple in Jerusalem. So in Nebuchadnezzar's mind, he thought he was more powerful. But all of a sudden, he gets a vision uh, of a bigger kingdom, and it melts him. This is what it says as, as we continue. It says, Then Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that offering and incense be presented to him. He said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and, and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon while Daniel himself remained in the royal court. Reversal, right? Nebuchadnezzar lying prostrate on the ground before Daniel. That's a reversal. An all-powerful king laying with his face to the ground. That's just not a bow of honor. That's a bow of submission. If you absolute submission, if, if you lie prostrate on the ground before someone, you're groveling for mercy, right? And that's what happens here with Nebuchadnezzar. It's a complete reversal because he confronted the power of God and he came up short. And so instead of him killing Daniel and his friends, he promotes them. He promotes them. He blesses them with wealth, position, power. And uh, I'm not going to say that if you trust Jesus that that's going to happen to you. All right. <laughs> that would be wrong to say. This is, this is called a, pres not a prescriptive or descriptive passage, not a prescriptive passage. So, uh, but there is always blessing in obedience. There is always blessing in following Christ, no matter the circumstances, right? And we don't know what that blessing looks like for everybody, but we do know the ultimate blessing is being close to God. Right? Being in God's presence, being close to him no matter what is going on in our lives. But at the same time, God demonstrates again and again that he has power to change our circumstances. Not so that we can get rich, but maybe there's a crisis that you don't know any other way through, but just to fall on your knees and cry out to God. And he has power over that situation. And that's my point today as we close. God specializes in reversing circumstances for his glory. Of course, blessing is not all about circumstances, but it is part of it. 
And God does show himself through our circumstances. And he doesn't always take away our pain or our stress, but he always changes our hearts. God is powerful. And God does heal, and God does provide, and God does wrap around his arms around the lonely and come through for people in big moments. And so my question as we leave is a question of faith. Are you willing to expect that from God over your life right now? To get rid of your recency bias and just fully trust in a God who has power over your life and your circumstances right now. We're going to close with a song this morning called Praise Before My Breakthrough. And as I was reading this passage, this song just like, it, it was so obvious. It was so obvious that we should sing this because it's the right posture. It's the right posture for us to praise God, uh, praise God before he does the big thing in our lives. Praise God because he's capable of it, because we believe by faith that he will do something. We believe by faith that our security, our provision, our healing, and our hope is all in him. So as the worship team comes up, I just want to encourage you to, to, to take this song in. If you need to listen to it before you sing it, do that. But cry out this morning. And if you want prayer this morning, I'll be up here. Stephen will be up here. Uh, we would love to pray for you. Um, and don't forget to talk to Derek on, on your way out this morning. But um, let me just pray uh, before we worship together. Lord, we pray for faith this morning. We pray that we would expect great things from you. Lord, that we wouldn't expect you to just be quiet. We wouldn't expect you to, to be powerless over the areas of our life that need change. But that we could trust you with the change, even if that change is a heart change. Yep. Even if that change is an addiction we've been struggling with. Even if that change is a direction we've been going that we know is not the right direction. We pray power over that this morning. We pray for you to, to grab a hold of us. God, and reverse our hearts. God, this reversal, that's where it starts. It starts in our hearts. Lord, if we're, if we're straying and if we're going one way, God, we need to, you to reverse the direction of our hearts, God. To, 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 take, to, to take the finger off ourselves and point it to you, God. To take, the, 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 take our eyes off of ourselves and point them towards you. So, Lord, we pray for reversals, God. Of, of hearts, and we pray for circumstances as well, Lord. We pray for the stressful situations. We pray for over grief. We pray uh, over the, uh, the the illnesses and the and the physical uh, conditions that people are struggling with this morning. That may they might receive freedom, Lord. They might receive healing, and we ask for that in Jesus' mighty name.